Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, we're talking about lessons learned from following game designers around, from looking over their shoulder, from filming them in their process, going through their systems and whatnot. We're talking to Jen Yu and Alex Hall from Gin and Tonic Films. Guys, really appreciate you being on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah so you guys have been doing something really cool, something just, I don't know of anyone that's really done this kind of thing before. You've got this web series you're working on, this kind of documentary style thing called Getting on Board, where you're following designers around, you're, you're just kind of creeping all over their shoulders, watching you know how they do, hanging out with their cats in their apartments, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I am just super excited to hear from you guys. So I, I found you guys on, on Kickstarter a while back. And and I was just super impressed, so I backed the project, and then it worked out. I'm really glad you guys could come on the show and talk about it. But real quick, just kind of tell tell me who you are. Tell the listeners who you are, kind of your background, your bio, how you met, that kind of thing. Sure. So um, Jen and I met, I guess, in community college down in Houston, in Texas. And um, we ended up working on a bunch of uh, just film projects together. We realized that we worked together really, really well. And um, we ended up moving to Chicago with a mutual friend of ours who was working on a feature length film. And so we came into Chicago and that was where we ended up meeting a couple of other game designers and just became friends with game designers in general. Cause Cards Against Humanity is here in Chicago and they hold a lot of um, events around the city. And um, it's a chance for you to go and play test um, new games, uh, play Cards Against Humanity and like meet people, drink, like have a really good time. And um, it was through these events that we ended up meeting a few game designers and um, yeah, they're really kind of what inspired doing the web series. You know, um, we both really, really enjoy playing games and Jen really wanted to do something kind of game related. And so this idea of like, well, why don't we do sort of like a web series, like mini documentary on like the process for making a board game. Cause you know, being friends with like these people, like we, you know, we see a little bit of the process, but there was so much, to, to making a game that like, we had no idea, like, like we know there's, there's play testing. Right. But I mean, we know, yeah, like, that's all, that's what we're good for here. They'll right. come with our games. <laughs> like, hey, play test something. Like, great. Before I play Legacy. Yeah. yeah. Let's play this. Right. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like, you know, finding a publisher, um, I mean, we know a little bit about running a Kickstarter just cause like we, you know, we've done a few as well. Um, but you know, building that community, and um, using like your playtesting phase as like a marketing opportunity as well to like, y- you know, you're, you're showing the game off and people who actually like it, you know, that's a great time to be like, oh, well, if you really like this game, I'm, I'm you know, planning on running a Kickstarter, like, can I have your email and like, you know, put you on like an email list and I'll, I'll let you know if it ever like hits Kickstarter, right? But there's, there was just so much about making a game that we had no idea. And so, we thought that this would be a really great way to kind of like showcase that process and show that like anybody can make a game mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And that there's no right way to right. make a game, better, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So how did you get into film? Well, you mentioned you met in community college. What made you guys want to be filmmakers, you know, do this kind of thing, maybe yeah. professionally, but definitely as a passion. What, what got you in? Yeah. I always wanted, uh, I always wanted to be a storyteller. Hmm. Always like, uh, 
fascinated by, you know, listening to stories and telling stories. So I went to film school uh, for my undergrad, and I moved to L.A. Uh, after I graduated. I grew up in Brazil, and I went to school in Brazil, uh, graduated, moved to L.A., um, didn't know this little thing about immigration laws. <laughs> <laughs> so it was hard for me to get a job in the industry because it's so competitive and everybody is like, uh, it's it's working almost for free there, so there's no no uh, there's no chance for them to sponsoring you unless you're uh, Catherine Zeta Jones or someone that's very very uh, famous. Yeah. So I went to uh, another role. I went back to school and um, got a degree, got a master's degree. And while I was waiting for a work visa, um, I was taking classes at a community college just to. Um, uh, brush up on some old uh, old things about Photoshop and um, After Effects, and that's how I got approached by our instructor and said, "Do you want to be a lab aide?" I'm like, "Sure," um, and then that's how I ended up I ended up meeting Alex. Right. And talk yeah. a little bit about yourself. Uh, for me, I was in a completely different career. And I decided that I needed that I needed a career change because I really hated what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I went back to school. Um, and I ended up going to like Houston Community College. So like this is cheap. Um, making films sounds like fun. I'm like Jen. Like I, I like telling stories. Yeah. Um, storytelling. Like I love um, everything about that. Like writing stories and like actually directing is is a lot of fun for me. And even like editing and putting everything together to like decide what it is that people get to see and like how you tell the story, like is all really, really interesting to me. And um, yeah, I was also made a lab aide and yeah, that's how Jen and I ended up meeting um, and then working together. And we realized we worked really, really well together. Um, yeah, and it just sort of like went from there. Yeah. And so like we normally do like narrative films, like, you know, with like a script and that we, we storyboard out everything and we decide, you know, what the shots are going to be. Um, so this was kind of like a new thing for us, like yeah. was like delving doing, into documentary. Yeah, <laughs> delving into like documentary. But like yeah. we both really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we're going to make a documentary on anything, like I'm glad it's this. Yeah. Because yeah. this is. It's so much fun, yeah. Right, and you get to play games while you, exactly. you know, shoot. Yeah. You know, we don't get to play as much games as like we thought we would. The first event we we filmed was um, an event for Cards Against Humanity at um, at a space called Lost Arts, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna play all these games, like we're gonna film, we're gonna play all these games. We ended up filming the entire night. We didn't get to like play anything, and we're like, we didn't think this through. You need some but, interns, is what you're saying. You need to hire some interns, right, and they hold like, the camera. Tell, yeah, yeah. We just need to tell people what to do, and then we, <laughs> yeah, uh, delegate. So, but it has been fun because usually after we interview a designer, um, we usually end up playing their game with them afterwards. Yeah. And sometimes we, we try to play it with them before because we always, um, with every designer, we try to meet them beforehand um, for like over coffee or something. So mm -hmm. that way, it's not just you know we're showing up with a camera and lights yeah. and like all this equipment and then, you know, asking him all these questions on the spot. Um, cause I think that could be really intimidating, especially mm -hmm. once you start coming in with, 
you know, lights and everything. And there are all of a sudden like two cameras in your face and there's like a big mic microphone, like right in front of you. Yeah. That's very intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like for us, we always try to make it a point to like meet the designers beforehand. Um, if we could, we would try and play their games. Um, so that way we knew like what it was that they, you know, that they would talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yeah, have, I really have questions like kind of come up with questions. Cause like, uh, we enjoy games, but what goes into making it? So like kind of like playing with it, getting to know them, like kind of gives us like a little background to know what to go for when we have the cameras. Right. right. Yeah. And then also like each of our designers is in a completely different phase mm. of game design. Like we have um, a designer, like he, this is his first game that he's working on. And like he, he's made a game, he's been play testing it. Um, but he, you know, he, he's not from, I mean, I mean, he's familiar with Kickstarter, but not in the sense that like he's run one himself. Right. right. Um, and then we have designers who have launched a couple of uh, games and, you know, they are in the process of finding a publisher because they don't want to go the Kickstarter route. And then we have um, another team of designers. They were going through the Kickstarter phase, like as we were filming them and their Kickstarter just ended. And so it was interesting to kind of like follow these designers at different, levels of experience and then different um even just like how they want to go about yeah. like making their game and and getting their game out there yeah. is completely different and so for us we thought that was really valuable because you know it shows that there's no right one there's no right way to do this like yeah. you can, there's so many options and it's really whatever works for you um and that you know like anybody can do it and that it really is people of, of all different experience levels. Because you have somebody like Jamie Stegmeier, who is great at running Kickstarters. And you know, he, has, he has so many successful games, all the way down to um, our friend Jordan, who, like, this is his first game yeah. that he's making. So, like, to us, we thought it was really interesting to kind of show this wide range of, mm -hmm. yeah. of uh, designers. And it's okay. Like, yeah, like, people want this to be a hobby. Mm -hmm. People some of the designers we interview want to have a career just making games. That's what they're striving for. And uh, Don is starting his own publishing game publishing company. Mm -hmm. And then you have people established, people like uh, Christopher Badell and James Stegmaier. They already have their company and they're already uh, quite successful in what they do. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about, you know, kind of the individual things you learned and all that. But first, before we get into that, Tell me a little bit more about what you did before this project, because you said you worked together in some other projects, and then talk about maybe how the things you learned in those, because those are more like storytelling, right? Like narratives and yes. scripts and all that. We'll talk about maybe how that kind of uh, led to your ideas on how to do a documentary, because some, you know, a documentary can be very dry, right? It can yes. be, hey, here's a guy, he's doing this. Okay, cool. You know, and nobody cares. And yes, check, please move on to the next thing. So kind of talk to me about, you know, what you learned from storytelling as, and then what you brought into this documentary style project. Yeah, I think with um, getting the story told. So like for us, we were thinking that each episode would be um, like a different phase in the process. And so being able to find the story I think is really important because like you said, documentaries can end up being like really dry. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that this won't be that because like, I, mean, I hope people find it as interesting as like we have found, yeah. like we have found making it. Um, so being able to like go through the footage and be like, yeah, this is good. This is good. This is good. Mm -hmm. um, I think is, is something that like we're good at like recognizing mm -hmm. and that we were able to do like finding um, the information 
that we want to share with people, but then also finding sort of like the non-boring moments where, you know, it's super technical or, um, you know, I, I would, I really want to show like the designers personalities, um, through the documentary just because everybody, I love all of our designers like so much. Like I really like, like I, there, there's no way I can like pick a favorite, right? Cause I love them all. Like they're all really, really great people and like really fun and great to be around. Um, and then I think also how else would you say that like doing narrative films have sort of like helped us out with doing this documentary aside from like technical, like knowing all the technical stuff. Like Sorry, I, can you I hope, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like I hope it's not cheesy kind of stuff. Like for instance, if I were to do this, I'm a little cheesy with this stuff. So if I were to do it, I would be filming, for instance, Jamie Stegmaier, right? Right. And let's say Jamie gets an email from somebody and he's got to deal with it real quick. Well, me, I would be like a narrator and I would throw some like really dramatic music, like dum dum, Jamie Stegmaier. <laughs> Just got an email from a disgruntled Kickstarter backer. What is he going to do? And you just see him over there. He's like typing on his computer. And it's like, you know, and you throw some like dramatic music, some like crazy camera angles. You know, that would be a bit ridiculous. But it would help tell a story, right? And Jamie's dealing with his fans, his Kickstarter backers, whatever. And so that that to me would be fun. And that's way, you know, that's exaggerated and it shouldn't be cheesy like that but you know you still need something otherwise it's just a guy sitting there with a notebook writing down ideas or it's a guy making cards for his next prototype you know a lot of game design is kind of boring except for the designer like to sit if somebody were to watch me put together a prototype they would just fall asleep and so how do you guys kind of use you know your narrative storytelling background to make this stuff more interesting i I mean i toyed with the idea of it being almost like the TV shows, like Bachelorette, like that kind of stuff. What is that? <laughs> like reality <laughs> show? Yeah. I yeah. Making it like almost that reality been, show esque. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be fun. <laughs> hey. You say that. I've been talking to a friend of mine, and his big idea is America's next top game designer or next game design star. And so kind of like taking that reality show, and maybe you and I, we need to all him and us and sit down and figure that out because that could be a lot of fun. You know, um, dancing with the game designers or whatever, you know, game design stars, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, I think a reality-esque show kind of deal might work. The only thing that I'm afraid of with, like, reality shows is that um, usually – the drama is created. Right. Um, and it, it's almost like a little staged. I oh, think. yeah, absolutely. It seems scripted. <laughs> they recreate the drama right. and they make it more dramatic. Yeah. And right. Yeah. And then also, like, I, I don't, I, I don't want to, like, paint anybody, like, in a bad light because I right. know that reality shows do that. Yeah. Like, they, they usually find, like, someone that's the villain mm-hmm. and then they find the person that they want to be, like, the hero, mm-hmm. right? But it's, I, I don't want to, that's the reason why I didn't really want to go down like the reality show route was because, you know, trying to find that drama or even creating drama was, I guess like not really something I wanted to do because I really didn't want to like put anybody. Yeah. Although one of the game designers offered to be the bag. He did. He did. It was really funny. Can we say names? Like, I I, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. Like, uh, (laughs) one of the creators of Secret Hitler, he was like, I'll be the bad guy. Of course, the guy that created Secret Hitler wanted to be the bad guy. It's so funny. He's great. And so it's just really funny that he's like, I'll be the bad guy. Mm. (laughs) He just volunteered for it. It was was really funny. Um, 
but uh, but uh, in a little bit the web the web series because there, there's two components to it right even though uh, to get the, the web series that's more like a how to uh, how to make games and then the the possibility of making a documentary that would be more about the community yeah. right and more about them yeah so it's also it's a very fine line that we're going through right now right like okay do we stick to original plan right. <laughs> And show how it's done, right? And show that anyone can do it, right? Or right. So it's 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 being able to convey all of this information for people who who want to make a game, um, in a way that that is interesting, right? Um, in a way that's but then it's also like informative, mm-hmm. um, and then hopefully we'll like keep them coming back and like wanting to watch like future episodes. So it is, it is a fine line yeah. that like we are kind of working our way through right yeah. now. So, like, we're in the process of editing mm-hmm. uh, the first two episodes. Like, super, super rough, like, rough cut. Like, we're going through footage, and we're like, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good. Let's put it, like, in this order. Um, so we're in that process now, but it's still, like, early stages of, of like, the first and second episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And then... And the thing is, I think at the end of the day, the the game designers themselves are trying to tell a story through their games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of all worked out. Yeah. Like we're, we're telling stories. These guys are telling stories. Like we're all telling stories. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for trying this like reality show though. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 I'd yeah. be totally down for doing that. Just and really like camp it up. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So much fun. Yeah, yeah that would be. Right, yeah. and have some villains, you know. Find some, find some guys that are willing to kind of be the bad guy that the, the guy that accidentally <laughs> spills his drink on the other guy's prototype. Oh no, I ruined yeah. all your game. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that being like a great mockumentary uh-huh. of yeah, yeah, making board games. Yeah, like even like bad guys. It can be even like I'm not gonna name names, but uh, somebody's roommate, a, a game designer's roommate was really drunk and call somebody that was test play testing his game, uh, call her a with a B word, <laughs> okay. and, and yeah, that that got awkward. So that yeah. that would be battles. I was, I was that you not there for that. I didn't see that. One. Like that's yeah. the battles that you know. That's the downside of being. Right. It was just roommate though. That did it was a big roommate. Not yeah. yeah, it wasn't the designer. It was the roommate. The roommate. Yeah. yeah. That needs to be a well, podcast your episode. Embarrass you, basically. Yeah. 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 I need to do an ep- a podcast episode on like what to do when people at your playtest get belligerent. You know, like how yes. to like damage control, oh, yeah. how to control the crazy things that could potentially happen because that's not something we talk about. You know. That actually would be really helpful. Yeah. I know for um, that would be a good podcast. That would be a good <laughs> podcast just because I know for you know one of the designers they were talking about um, like a playtest that they had. And, and how um, they had a couple, you know, mm-hmm. a guy and a girl, they were playing the game, and they ended up getting into, like, a, a pretty big fight, yeah. like, over the game. And, like, the designer was just sort of like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like, how do I deal with this? Or even, yeah, just dealing with, like, um, with drunk people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How they handle your yeah. game, you know, when they're drunk and racing. Yeah, I remember uh, another one, and, and you're probably going to see the footage on uh, 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 the, the show, but it's like uh, they're recalling a a playtest, and there was also a couple, and suddenly it was like, why don't you trust me? Yeah. <laughs> it got, like, real dark real fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Games bring people together, but also drag them apart. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to be careful. <laughs> 
playing like Dead of Winter or a game that has a traitor or something like that, if you have the wrong group of people or if it's your spouse or maybe your girlfriend that y'all are already kind of on the rocks, you know, like things aren't <laughs> going good anyway, like don't play those games. Like you're not, it's not going to go well, but maybe I need to do a podcast on how to def- diffuse conflict, like how to be a quick marriage counselor or how to, yes. you know, like figure out, okay, this is what we need to do instead. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in that all right walk me through your process for like kind of determining who you were going to interview like how you figured out you know where you were going to go what you were going to do like walk me through like the kind of technical aspect of the process right so um we were already friends with uh zach barton he was on tabletop deathmatch that cards against humanity put on and so we're really good friends with zach and we had sort of like run this idea by him and he was the one that originally was telling us like all the different phases of game design and like just how like big it is. And then we had met Don Eskridge at a playtesting event. And um, we're like, oh, well, maybe like, you know, in this documentary, we get like Zach and maybe like Don. We literally met Don once. We're like, maybe Don will do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then Jin had sent an email to Cards Against Humanity because um, they have a really great database of like designers in the area. Um, and they're really great at like putting on these events for independent game designers Mm -hmm. um, to come out and like play test their games. And so you contacted Tom at Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, I talked to Tom, I pitched him the idea and then he was very supportive. And yeah, and then he says, send me an email, what you wanna do, and then I'll uh, I'll forward it to a couple of uh, games that might be interested. I'm not promising you anything, but um, but let's give it a try. Yeah, we'll see. And that's how it's, how it began. Right. So it originally started with, I think, like three or four designers. Yeah. It didn't, like, we didn't have very many designers. Like, Don apparently got the email, didn't even open it, was like, yeah, sure, whatever you want. Like, that sounds great. Um, Zach already knew about it, so he was down. Um, but then we ended up getting Jordan and then, oh, who's the other designer? Joe. Joe, yeah, that's right, the Nerdalogs. Uh, Joe and Kevin. Or maybe it was just Joe at that point. Because they were working on their on their game, Competition Kitchen, which just funded on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and um, and so originally it was just those those four designers. Yeah. Um, but then like every event that we ended up going to to like film B roll or just film the event, um, we always ended up gaining at least one or two more designers, and so it just ended up growing mm-hmm. into how many do we have now like 15 or something uh, is it that many it's gonna, it's gonna end up they're gonna be like 17 uh total people heads in total yeah but like uh if you discard the, the teams you probably like 14 or 13 teams yeah uh, um, but the thing is like every time like we met someone we were you know talk to them you know like ask questions and then try to see if they're if they're do they bring the do, do they their story bring anything new yeah. to the table that would help out because right. like if it's the same story doesn't make sense but what do you have you done what what is your experience so far yeah how was your you know your winding road to to publish your game how was it and then like when we felt like they were unique enough we're like would you like to be on the on the on the sh- on the yeah. documentary yeah yeah, so um, that's kind of how it went. Yeah, and then a lot of the designers kept mentioning Jamie Stegmeier, and like I said, like the two of us, like we're not designers, right? Like we're yeah. a filmmaker. Like, who's so, Jamie? Yeah, we're like, who's Jamie? Like, who is Jamie Stegmeier, right? Yeah, and I'm sure everybody else is like laughing right now, like, like but um, 
Yeah, so, so Jen was like, I'm going to contact him. And we're just going to see. He's in St. Louis. And like, we'll see. And so she sent Jamie an email. And he was like, okay. And, and like, oh, all right. What do we do now? We're going to St. Louis. Yeah. Um, and then Jamie's the one who introduced us to uh, Christopher Bedell and then Carol Mertz. And mm-hmm. um, there's a really great board game cafe in St. Louis called Pieces Board Game Cafe. Um <laughs> Which, if you live in St. Louis and you have not been, like, you should absolutely go. It's so cool. Um, yeah, can we plug them in for a yeah, second? Yeah, them? absolutely. Give it. Give them Jim a, give and them a Laura, plug. you guys are amazing. Yeah. Jim and Laura. Yeah. So, um, so Jamie introduced us to these people in, like, St. Louis. And he even had, like, a few more names for us. And we're just like, we don't, we don't have the time yeah. uh, to, like, interview all these different yeah. people. And so, um, and mind you, that was before Kickstarter. Just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, how am I gonna pay for this? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, freaking hell. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's it's really just kind of grown more and more. So I mean, even, I mean, even recently, like, you know, whenever we went to the Nerdalogs playtest event, like we met another designer. You know, like we can't keep doing this. Like this yeah. has got to come. Like, no, no. she'll be the last. Yeah. No, she'll be the last. I promise. Right. Like, it's, she is the last one. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you know, we can't keep, because um, I mean, you can just film and film and film and film. And yeah. you can, you can literally film for forever. Like mm-hmm. there, there has to be a point where it's like, okay, no, we, we have to stop right. and we got to start, you know, putting this together um, and start making the episodes and, and getting it out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's been the hard, like that's been hard, like figuring out when to stop. Like, cause yeah. there are all, like, there's so many like events going on so and people many playing their games and like questions and, um, <laughs> And different perspectives, you know, that it, it, it is difficult to decide, mm-hmm. okay, no, stop. yeah, when yeah. to stop. Like, okay, we have, we have enough for yeah. right now. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right, so yeah. tell, me, tell me about your process of doing the actual filming. Now, you talked some about, uh, you know, meeting the designers at, like, a board game, board game cafe or for coffee just to get to know them a little bit. But talk to me about, like, how you did this because this is not, like – filming anything else you know like there's there's a lot of it is just a guy sitting in a room working on a computer or working on a notebook or you know putting prototype pieces together and so like again going back to my cheesy brain i would be like in the windows or in the bushes you know (laughs) trying to make it seem more dramatic than it is you know uh or or like instigating a fight between uh, a game designer and his girlfriend and she's like you never talk to me you're always with your games i'm like oh drama drama you know but what did you guys do to to not you know fake it you know but to actually do it right but also make it interesting we yeah we originally started with like the interview and it was it's as they start talking about things during the interview yeah. that's when like you start getting ideas of like oh like i should like we need to get put into this or we need to shoot this so we should really get them doing mm-hmm. like x y and z mm-hmm. um i know with two of our designers a team they had a, a phone call with their publisher and so you know they let us know like hey we're going to be talking to our publisher you know on wednesday yeah. if you come over and like get some of that so and that's interesting too because it's sort of like okay how much of this conversation like right. can I actually put in the documentary because um I obviously don't like we don't have access to his publishers so it's not like we can send him like a release form you know saying like yes it's okay but to at least show them like on the phone like with the publisher and then having like their voiceover that at least explains like mm-hmm. what the call was about you know I think is helpful but um, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of B-roll. What are you doing today? What? 
packing stuffing stuffing cars on the plastic right. bag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and we might not use it, or you know, maybe we will. But uh -huh. it's, it is part of making the a game, process. though. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the process. And like, no surprises. Yeah, and right. it's like, and we do want to show. We do want to show that. Um, but then, yeah, it's also kind of doing things in a way that's still interesting, mm -hmm. um, but that is still conveying information. So right. I don't know how dramatic it'll be because I know, like, you're like, yeah, this is how I would do it. Like, <laughs> I would love to do that, but I don't. Know. It's no. not. It's not gonna be yeah. quite that dramatic. Yeah, well, you can't be. Otherwise, like, people wouldn't take it seriously. And you're wanting something that people take seriously. Like, my mine would just be having fun. But y'all are actually yeah. going going at it, and I, I really like what you're doing. You're going at it from an angle of saying, hey, you can do this too. Like you're, yeah. you're pulling the curtain back, you know, and designers are helping you pull the curtain back on the reality. And the reality is a lot of it is sitting there at a computer or sitting there putting cards into sleeves or, you yeah. know, changing numbers because the last play test, your game was super imbalanced. And so now you got to fix yeah. the numbers and change the math, you know, and yeah. that's the reality of it. And that, that, that's the majority of what a game design looks like. You know, it's, it's yeah. not the drama of, of your roommate's getting roommate getting drunk and like screwing up your play test. That's hilarious. And it's dramatic, but that's right. not at all uh, a very high percentage of it. And so I think yeah. the way you're doing it is, is it's the better way to go, you know, to, cool. yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, we're also hoping that the episodes are, are short as well. Um, yeah. You're, I mean, the Kickstarter said like six to eight minutes, right? Yeah. Yes. We're really looking for like six to eight minute episodes because it's sort of like been our experience that, not, you know, more information isn't necessarily better or, you know, making like 30 minute long yeah. episodes like might not necessarily be. Yeah, it's good for the hardcore, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, uh, like we I feel like we do need to stick to this because not a lot of people know about it. It's a. Uh, the board games are having a coming back, but it's mm -hmm. not that big, right? Oh, yeah. Like, culture-wide, board games are still very much a niche, right? Yes. Right. So, like, making it short would probably be more appealing for people that know anything about don't know anything mm -hmm. about it. And it's like, okay, I have six, six minutes go by really fast. Right. And if it's interesting. So there's also that. Right. Um, so that would be, like, a small palatable bites for yeah. new people that don't know anything about it. But then it's also appealing to those who do make games and who do want to make it a full-time yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, so it's it's trying to find that like happy like medium of like giving yeah. really good content and information, yeah. but then yeah. also making it interesting yeah. enough for somebody who knows nothing about making a board games or know nothing about making board games, but they like playing games mm -hmm. and they just want to learn about the process, like keeping it entertaining enough for, for both that. sides, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be the challenge. Yeah. 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 And then also for people that are already making games or maybe show that how someone else does it. Cause that might, you know, like light up like a, a switch in their brain. It's like, Oh, Oh, I, I didn't think of that. Right. So like, so things, little things like that. So still hopefully have enough nuggets to get things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I love. I love, uh, like design journals where a designer, you know, types out his process, has pictures of the prototype along the way as things change. And I love that, you know? Uh, and so kind of, it's kind of what you're doing here. You're, you're taking different snapshots with different designers of their process and how they do things and all that. And I find that super valuable and super interesting. And I know there's a lot of other people in that boat as well. Yeah. So let's talk about things you've learned, right? Y'all said y'all aren't game designers. You know, you're, you're not in, in that kind of crowd, 
So let's. I'm really interested to hear the things that you learned about game design in this because your angle is going to be totally different than mine or you know somebody else that kind of uh, sees it from that angle. So what did you guys learn from these different designers? I think for me, there's a lot of people when they approach. I don't. My opinion, I think, is like when a lot of people approach game design, they either take it from like a theme point of view or they take it from a mechanic point of view. Like, are you theme based or are you mechanic based? And there's so much more to it. I don't think it's just theme versus mechanics. It's theme and mechanics and how I even wrote this down. So it's in, and how you want your players to feel. So thinking about the story that you want to tell for your game, um, the feeling that you want your players to have and then creating and as well as like the design. So like creating, um, like I think it was Tommy that said it best, or it's Tommy or Corey. I don't remember, but they got they had advice from like one of their friends who had said, you know, if you um, want to make a game where you want players to feel frustrated, you design mechanics that are frustrating, yeah. like that'll bring out like that feeling of fresh frustration because mm-hmm. like if that's the feeling that you want your your players to have um but then also so then you're thinking of the story you're thinking of the feeling you're thinking of um the theme and how the mechanics work together with the scene with the theme and then you think about like the design of the game like not only just how the game looks but how the design really serves both the theme and mechanics as well as the feeling and it all how it all ties in together, I think, is how it how a really great game is made. Is when you think of all these different elements and perspectives, and you you get everything working in harmony. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like the replayability, right? Like when people are coming to you and they're like, "Hey, did you bring your game? Like, let's play your game." Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a good sign too. But yeah, there's there's so much to creating a game. And like when we originally started, I. I did think it was just theme versus mechanics, right? Like, do you make the mechanics first and then you build a theme around that? Or do you come up with theme and then figure out the mechanics for the theme? And it wasn't until we met, um, what Katie and Jess, cause they are designers as well. And they brought up how design like comes into play mm-hmm. with all of that. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then, you know, we were talking to the Nerdalogs because they are improvisers and they are performers you know, they, they make games as well, but they consider themselves to be, I think more performers. And so for them, they were like, what are the feelings and like the experience? I'm like, I didn't even think of that, you know, like, so it's, it's, it's really, and every designer eventually gets there. Right. And, and your process for getting there is, is totally different and and it, it works for you. Um, but I think it, I think what makes a really great game is, are the games that really tie all of those together. And, and like a unified voice it's, yeah it's something that i've noticed yeah no i think you're dead on with that and it's starting with the experience and saying okay i want to create this experience over here how do i do that what theme is going to do that what mechanic or even right. beginning with you know uh like if i want i want players to feel like they're in the zombie apocalypse okay right. how do i do that what mechanics make you kind of feel that drama and that tension like there's death around every corner and you know how do you how do you do the arts and how do you do the graphic design and the icons and the box and like all the components like everything should be pointing towards that experience that you're trying right. to create now if you're creating this abstract strategy game and you want people just to like be you know ha- have that head knowledge and that kind of complicated figuring out the puzzle to beat your opponent okay fine but in general if you're talking about like any kind of game with any kind of theme 
is what what experience are you going for and how's the theme and the mechanics going to get you to that experience exactly um I think designers who also do a lot of blind play testing, mm. I think those games end up doing really well. Yes. Uh, I, Cause I mean, the play testing is, is a really, really important phase. Um, but I almost want to say like blind play testing mm. can also be like, is just as important. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe a little more. I don't know. I mean, obviously the play testing phase gets you to like figure out what your game is, but um, being able to send your game out, to people who don't know you and you're in, you're not going to be there yeah. to explain to them how to play the game. Or if you are there, like you can't say anything, like you just need to let them play the game. And then being able to hopefully get feedback from these blind play tests and, and be like, okay, that was an interesting way that they interpreted that rule. Yeah. Let me rethink how I want to like re either re like rewrite the rule book or, you know, rethink the mechanic or, every like rethink how you want to how you want to do things so i think i think blind the more blind play testing you do i think is the better uh, what about you is there anything that you're like oh a little bit of what you say is like the focus on the feeling and even even that that it's transcribed to just making films in general too right like you're telling a story you want people to feel things right feel yeah. something and designers that know Sometimes they don't, it's unconscious, uh, subconscious, right? But sometimes they know, they're like, no, I was going for that. I wanted to, you to feel abandoned or you want, I, you, I wanted you to feel frustrated or I wanted you to feel like, um, like uh, Christopher Badell with the uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse. He's like, I, he wanted to create the, the feelings like, I just jump in the, uh, in front of a bullet for my friend. Yeah. Right. I just saved him. Right. So it's like that, you know, like, that emphasis on the feeling on the on the human emotions really mm -hmm. and 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 going into this documentary i never in a million times i i stopped to think about that mm -hmm. but i felt like um good designers did articulate that mm -hmm. the importance of feelings yeah yeah um and that and the the, the how I saw some of them take criticism. Yeah. Um, that was very, very important. That how can you separate the good from the bad criticism and implement that? Right. Yeah. So that's and that takes a lot of self confidence. Is like I'm not attacking you. I'm a, I'm just letting you know what are the problems that I feel that your game have. Right. And how to make your game better. Yeah. But a lot of we a lot of people take it personally and it's it's but it comes from the person it's not something that we can help them with yeah. right yeah so being able to take criticism yeah absolutely right. yeah. and it'd be more dramatic if the designer like while you're filming them flip the table and flick everybody <laughs> off it's like oh you guys are stupid and yes we need more table flipping but again that's not that's not the way to handle it. Hopefully that's not the way you're, you know, people you followed around are handling it. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it's a very difficult thing and it comes with time and it comes with, it comes with a lot of blind play testing because the more you do blind play testing, the more you hear how bad your game is and people tell you because they're, they're basically, they have permission to say, this is no good. You know, it, it always makes me think of Amazon reviews. If you go on Amazon reviews and you hit, you hit that one star section. Goodness gracious, people don't hold back. Like, if you're the author of that book, stay away because you're gonna like break down and cry. You know, and but at the same time, you need that feedback to be able to make yeah. the best creative project, whether it's a book or a game. You need that feedback to to get to that next level. 
Right. Uh, and then the kind of like what Jen also said, like deciphering which feedback to listen yeah. to. Yes, that's the that's the harder part. Like yeah. separate yourself from it, and how do you how can you discern which one is the good, which one is the bad? And I guess that comes with uh, experience. Yeah, or maybe what's relevant and what's not and relevant. What gut maybe not good or bad, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, what's relevant, relevant what's not. What, yeah, what is what makes my game better and what does not make my game right. better. So yeah. Yeah, trying to figure that out. It's, yeah, it's it's on the designer. <laughs> yeah, I think what else did we realize? I feel like there was something that I realized recently. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna do Kickstarter, start early. Yeah, like start ten years ago, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The best um, time, the best time to start a Kickstarter is last year. Right. right. The second best yeah. time is today. So if you have one in the future, go ahead and start working on it right now. If it's six months yeah. away. Yeah. And you guys, yeah. I love, I love what you said before we started the show, we were just kind of talking cause you guys have run some Kickstarters and you said, yeah, that was the worst 30 days of my life. Yes. You know, <laughs> and I feel like a lot of game publishers and game designers who have gone the Kickstarter route can very much relate to that because it is yeah. such work and there's so much that goes into it and you have to deal with problem backers and you have to deal with things that are out of your hands, but yet people blame you for it. And that's just the way it is. That's business. Right. And so, yeah, did you get, did you get to talk to any of the game designers that you interviewed about Kickstarter, anything that they talked about? Jim had read, or Jim was reading Jamie Stegmeyer's book on Kickstarter mm -hmm. and um, he had brought up a really great point um, in that, you know, it's like, just send thank you letters yeah. to people and like, make it a little personal. I'm like, that's how we, that's how we met you. Yeah. Right. Uh, I got a great, like, great note from you guys. And I was like, Oh, this is yeah. awesome. And then I sent you an email back. So, Hey, you want to come on the show? And here we are. <laughs> here we are now. All right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, Jamie does a really great job of explaining, like just creating that community. Yeah. And that's so important. And like the, the nerdologues were definitely at an advantage because they've, been doing improv in Chicago for, for yeah. years. And so they, they already had a following, but I mean, they not when they first started, right? I mean, they, when you first start, yeah. of course you're not, you just, you keep doing it because you love it. Yeah. And, um, and, and people who, who love what you're doing, like they're going to find you and then you start building a community mm -hmm. that way. And so when they, um, when they did, they, they had two games on Kickstarter. Their first game was uh, Fissy Cuffs, um, which got funded and now competition kitchen, which is also funded. And, um, like for them, you know, they, they definitely felt like they were at an advantage since they had a following, but it's not like that following just happened overnight. Right. right? I mean, they, they really did. They worked uh, at something that they were passionate about and others who, who liked what they were doing, you know, started to like banded together and they're like, we, we like, we like you, we like what you're doing. Yeah. We like what you stand for and, and what you give to this community. And like, you know, they, they were like behind them. Mm -hmm. And so and it, it's like that with, with, with anybody, right? I mean, like they have Jamie with cards, like, you know, they all, they all have this community, but it didn't just happen overnight. So yeah. like really taking the time to like, yeah, you know, if you don't have a community, like start, like start actually now. take the time and, and start, start building. Yeah. One. yeah. Um, as I was reading, uh, Jamie's book. And then the first, one of the first things he says, like, you don't have to launch it today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So whatever you do, make sure you have like uh, an audience for that. And if you don't have that, go back and build the audience first. Mm -hmm. And that's that's valid to all Kickstarters, yeah. really. Um, so he built his uh, Nerdal Laws through their through, through their work. They already had a following. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, Jamie started from zero, but then he wrote a book about it, so you can read the book and see how he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the people, some people I talk to that have failed Kickstarters, they don't have a, they did not take the time to build a community, and they just launch it and come to me, and that did not happen. Yeah. And it, that might have happened when Kickstarter first started, not now, not right. in this right. day and age. And then also having a good product. I mean, having a game that people want to play and yeah. that people really enjoy is, I mean, it's just as important. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, of course, you have your friends and your family back you and like they'll want a copy of your game because they love you. But, you know, like, yeah. but actually, like, I mean, that's why I'm saying, like, during the playtesting phase, you can really, like, find those people that are interested in your game and who, like, who want to know when are, like, when are you launching this mm-hmm. Kickstarter, right. like, and getting, getting emails and using that as... I guess like a marketing opportunity. Yes, really. that's a perfect oh, yeah. marketing opportunity. Yeah, I, I forgot somebody was telling me that they were collecting emails on every playtesting. Yeah. Uh, somebody, I can't remember who, but I heard somebody told me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. That's great. And I think it's the difference between trying to create customers as opposed to trying to create raving fans. You know, yes. and really building a community or a community around your game or your publishing company, your brand, whatever it is. And one thing I've talked about on the show before, one is infinitely greater than zero. Like yeah. just one more is miles and light years away from zero. And so whatever you can do, whether it's sending a, a, a message out through Kickstarter for every person that backs you and saying, hey, thank you, really appreciate your support. And that's, yeah. that's one, it takes two minutes and it's adding one is greater than zero kind of thing. And I was, I was thinking about, you know, if you, if you were to cook this big meal, this big, delicious, take you all day to cook it, you were marinating the, the meat for three days, like you cook this beautiful, delicious meal, but you didn't have anybody to invite over for dinner, you've wasted your time. And you can open up the windows and like hope the smell goes out into the neighborhood <laughs> and people smell it and they knock on your door, I guess. But in general, like nobody's going to know about it. And so you're just going to waste all that food and you're going to throw it away. Uh, And it's the same kind of thing. Like you're cooking up this hopefully delicious, beautiful game. But if nobody knows about it, it's it's not, then you're wasting your time. And so anything you can do to kind of get the word out, one's greater than zero. You know, I'm thinking about with the podcast. Every morning when I I turn on on my computer, I go to my, my email subscriber list and I hit refresh. And my goal is to every day have one more than I did the day before. Right. right. Just grow just one. If I hit one, yeah. I'm happy. That's that's the goal. And some days it's 10. Some days it's two. You know, some days it's just one. But one is greater than zero. And so just kind of keeping that mindset as you build up your your raving fans, your customer base and all that. And again, like you guys said, you don't have to launch today. You don't have to. No one is holding a gun to your head and saying, right. push that big red button. And so be patient. Do what you got to do to build it up. And as, let's let's talk about that. What are you guys doing right now to kind of build up a following for this web series? Anything we anything we can learn from you right now? <laughs> We're not doing as much as we should be doing. <laughs> I'll admit that. Yeah. Like, um, you, whenever we have been going to these playtest events, we have been at least telling people, like, yeah, yeah we're working on, um, mm-hmm. you know, this documentary. But I, I, something I, I would like, yeah. yeah, something I would like to do is actually start collecting emails. Yeah. So that way we can send out messages to people, be like, hey, the first episode, you know, is almost ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, we're gonna like show it to backers first, and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then release it. Mm-hmm. Um, after to like everybody else, but, um, to be able to like have that like list of people, like if you like our work, like, you know, or if you are curious and like anything else that we're, we're going to do in the future, you know, what we're doing, um, building that fan base as well. So Mm -hmm. that's something that, 
Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. Also, uh, just like you know how you're supposed to let people know about your Kickstarter is basically how how we're gonna try to get the word out about the the series. Like, hey, <laughs> there's a web series here. Come watch here. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to help you guys as well. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, anything yeah. I can do, are you, you know, and the, the show's not over yet. I got still, still a couple more questions, but anything I can do to kind of help get the word out. Cause again, I really believe in what you're doing. I'm really excited and just kind of proud of what you guys are doing. You know, Jamie Stegmar, he's a friend of mine. I'm excited to kind of, to definitely see his episode. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and maybe one day come up with my own episode. That's really cheesy and overly dramatic. That's like from his cat's yes. perspective or something <laughs> like one cat is like really trying to destroy his prototype and like tell that story. Uh, right. <laughs> but anyway, so let's talk about what you guys have learned at, about the design community as a whole. You know, you, you've talked to a lot of designers, been to a lot of different events. What are you seeing just in the in the community in the big picture? There's such a positive like group of people. Yeah, Every, nobody yes. withholds information. Nobody's trying to sabotage each other. Um, Any feedback they give, it's just to help you. Yeah. Nobody's like nobody's worried about anyone stealing their game because. Usually the other person's working on like their own game and yeah. like the mentality is like if I can help you make your game better, then I get to play a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. So there's nobody like nobody's trying to to do wrong by anybody else. Everybody is super yeah. nice and welcoming and and yeah, I don't know, like they they like you say, they're well spoken. Mm-hmm. Um it's just positive yeah. overall. And I can't I can't explain, it's just this Feeling, I was like, oh my god, it's so nice to talk to to game designers. Mm-hmm. So we went to an event in Champagne yeah. called Kudo Place, and everyone, yeah, everyone, it was a, a game designer exhibition, and everyone was so nice mm-hmm. there. I was, I, I don't know, I just, <laughs> yeah, everybody's been surprised. Yeah, nobody is withholding information. Everybody is so. You know, here are the lessons I learned. Yeah. You know, don't do this for your Kickstarter. This is, you know, maybe don't go with this printer. Or, hey, look out for this publisher who's mm-hmm. going around trying to, you know, get people to sign these like bogus contracts. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah. everybody is is. It's like everybody Watch looks out. Effect. Yeah, everybody yeah. looks out for each other. Yeah. And you don't. You. I don't feel like you see that in other. Mm-hmm industries and other communities. I have not. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of industries are really like cutthroat and Mm -hmm. they're not as open to sharing information as the design community. And I think it was like Jamie who said it. I mean, it's not like Jamie's phrase, but you know, he had said it whenever we were meeting him that, you know, like a rising tide raises all ships. And I absolutely true. I mean, what they said that like, how many games were like produced last year versus how many were produced? Oh, 5,000 last year, but like five years, six years ago, it was like less than a thousand. Yeah. And so it's like being able to help each other. And I, I really hope the community stays this way. Yeah. Like I hope, I hope that, that everybody keeps helping each other. Right. I hope everybody keeps fostering this idea and this mentality of, you know, if I help you, it ends up helping me. Or right. if, you know, if I help you, then I get to play a fun game, you know. And, uh, yeah, everyone just wants to help everybody. And it's, yeah. an, it's uncanny. Yeah. 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 Everybody knows each other. Like, everybody seems to know each other, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a close-knit community right now. And maybe it'll be this way long-term where everybody right. does know everybody. And that's also something to be aware of. Because if you screw over one person, everybody else knows. You know, like, if right. you do something awful to one person, like, you're – 
you're probably blacklisted from a lot of different places, you know, because it is so tight knit, you know? And so I think that also can, can cause people to maybe be nicer. It's like, well, if I'm not nice, bad things are going to happen. So that's true. I didn't even think about that just because everybody we've met has been super nice. Yeah. <laughs> like no one's been a jerk, you know, everybody's yeah. been really yeah, great. Like, I, I can't name a game designer that I met that, that was a jerk. Right. Like, that we did not like. <laughs> that after that interview, we were like, oh, oh we're done. <laughs> right. Like everybody is like, we're in the car the other day. And I was like, I love these guys. Yeah. I love these guys too. And I love these girls. And these girls are awesome. Like, like, Everybody that we that we yeah. know through we, this process, like we we love them all. Yeah. <laughs> if, if so we all cool. live in the same neighborhood. Like, let's hang out. Yeah, let's hang out. Want to hang out with you guys like, all the time. Yeah. And okay. so many designers, they know each other because they they need each other's help. It's like, hey, can you come? Can you come test my game? Something's wrong with the combat system, and I can't figure it out. And so right. you build relationships and you build networks. And like you're saying, it is such a different industry. If you think about fast food, right? If you think about Burger King versus McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. The age old combat they've been in for years. Like if I'm going to lunch and I'm at the, at the intersection and on this corner is McDonald's and on this corner is Burger King, well, I'm only going to pick one, right? So yeah. one of those companies is going to get my money that day and the other company is not. But if you think about games and going back to what Jamie said with, you know, all ships rise with the tide. If, right. if my game can bring in one person to the hobby, they're not just going to buy my game. They're going right. to buy a whole wall full of games more than likely because that stuff's addictive and they're going to yes. buy all of these games. And so if they buy my game and they like it and they get into the hobby, then a whole lot of other people win as well. And so it's kind of this big team. It's like, all right, we're all trying to bring more people in because the more people we bring in, the more everybody does well. And I think that's a really interesting industry. And maybe that's another documentary. Like maybe that would be really interesting yeah. to kind of see and, and talk about. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a really cool place to be right now. Yes. Yeah. And that's one thing is like uh, how people, uh, what does it say, don't give enough value to the board games or yeah. games in general, right? Like you're playing, having fun, how important that is for, for, for society and everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's also something that's often overlooked. Like the, there's people that, you know, what's it, what's it called? How do you say, like twist their noses to board games? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, like stick up their nose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Think of the, to board games. I'm like, it's amazing. Well, why are you doing that? Yeah. Are you like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with them. I say games bring so much joy <laughs> to, to, to people, and it, yeah. it creates this environment and this space to like to lie to your friends yeah. or you know to betray somebody or to work <laughs> together as a team, you know, or yeah, to dodge in front of that bullet to like yeah. you know. Yeah, so there's together. a yeah there's preconceived notion right and prejudice against it, and 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 it would be good if uh, in the end we do help a little bit to disperse a little bit of that that stigma of that this is a waste of time. No, it's not. It's creative. It's fun. It's good for people. Yeah, right? yeah. and it creates yeah. experiences. It builds friendships. I mean, people are married now. Because they met at game night, you know, like it has drastically changed people's lives and games have this incredible power to do just amazing things. And then also the escape, you can, you can step back out of your life. I interviewed a guy uh, a few weeks ago and he said, you know, I'm an accountant every day I go to work, I count stuff, I push numbers around. And so when I get home, I want to play a game that is super thematic where I can be this like fantasy warrior or, you know, go into this world far away. And I have, he said, I, I don't like Euro games. I don't want to play Euro games because I'm just counting again. And I don't want to do that. I did that all day. I want to play a thematic game, you know? And so we get to escape. And, and I think 
there's something deep in all of us. We, we just want to be able to do things kind of in some faraway land or even just be able to do things that aren't normally okay in society. Like you're saying, lie to your friends, or stab them in the back. Like you would right. never do that, hopefully, right. in the real life, right. real world. You know, I have teammates and I played football in high school and college that they, the reason they played football is because if they were to hit somebody in normal life, they would get in some serious trouble. But on a football field, you can hit somebody as hard as you can, and people say, good job, right? And so there's this opportunity to, like, live this life that was outside of the societal norm, that they could kind of do something over here that was expressive. And that was kind of expressive physically, but with games, it's it's mentally and emotionally and experientially, and you get to do some really, really cool stuff. And so I'm, I'm excited about what's what's ahead, and, and I hope you guys get a whole lot more opportunities to, to film some really cool stuff down the road. I hope people enjoy it. I hope people enjoy like what we put out. So, yeah. Um, so what, yeah. what is next? What's the release date? You know, what are you guys working on now? Have you filmed everybody and now you're just in the editing or you still got some more to film? Where are you right now? There's a little bit more to film. Um, we're interviewing one person on Saturday mm-hmm. and then we're filming again next week. Yeah. But for the most part, we're done okay. with filming. Aside from maybe, like, getting some B-roll, like, okay. getting more, like, gameplay yeah. or um, people, like, putting together an aspect or, um, you know, working yeah. on contracts, whatever. Yeah, or filming the, you know, dramatic car chase. Right. More dramatic. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, Aside from that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, like, right now we're, I think we're hoping first episode at least by June. I'm afraid to say a date yeah. just because there's always unforeseen Anybody who's done a Kickstarter right. knows that there are like unforeseen like circumstances. Yes. Um, as it stands now, we are editing episodes one and two. Um, it's a super super rough cut, so it's literally getting the interviews down and getting the content that we want in the episode, and then after that, it's going to be building and like adding in the B roll and you know adding in the the things that are going to make it um, not just a bunch of like talking heads, yeah. but you know like showing something else besides just like a camera staring at a person for like six to eight minutes. Um, And so, but before that, like it's going to be that. And then after that, it's going through the audio, making sure the audio is good, uh, color correcting everything, uh, finding the music, like finding the right music, Mm -hmm. I think might be a little difficult. We do, we do have some people that were like, okay, we might be able to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the real. Yeah. And then doing some kind of like intro, which I don't think will be super crazy, but but having like an intro for the show. So I mean, there are there are a bunch of like, and then of course like doing credits and stuff. So there's a bunch of like little um, like pieces that need to be put together for the episode to make it feel mm-hmm. like an episode and have it look like polished. Yeah. Um, you know, that doesn't look like somebody just filmed like on their phone or right. you know. And, um, yeah, like we want it to have like good production value and we want it to look nice and uh, sound nice and have like a whole like experience of like, yes, this is a, this is a show like this is like, yeah. I mean, this is, this is where we geek out. Yeah, right? Right. Like, this is where, like we want to make something good and like, you know, we want to make them look good. Yeah, we want to make them look good. And th- I mean, this is this has our name on it. So like this is a reflection of like us and like what we can do. And so, yeah, this is where we get like, excited <laughs> and like we start like tinkering around. But then like everything else, you know, there's got to be that point where like, OK, it's done. Like it's time to put it out there. Um, so hopefully in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, yeah. Cause we re- I really wanted 
I personally wanted to get a few episodes put together um, before and then start releasing them like one at a time. But I wanted to get ahead yeah. a little bit before instead of just like, OK, I finished episode one. Let's put it out there and then wait another like, I don't however know, long, how, it, however takes. long yeah. it takes to do the second episode. Right. So it's at least if I if I have like a few episodes done, it's like, OK, cool. While I'm working on, you know, episodes like three, four and five, like we'll be able to release like one and two and go from there. So, yeah. And I'm going to release this podcast episode as soon as you're as soon as you launch. Right. So awesome. if anybody's listening to this, that means they're they're up on the website somewhere. And so uh, I'll have a link to, to the, the web series and different things and episodes. And so if you're listening to this, it's ready to go. It's already in a, in a really cool place. It's been edited and it's perfect and it's wonderful. And go check it out. And have fun with it. Uh, and now, now long term, what are you guys thinking? Now, you talked about maybe doing a long, you know, a long form documentary down the road. Are there any other ideas? Obviously, next top game design star or America's, right. you know, design game chef or whatever you know reality show. But other I than mean, that, the idea of doing a mockumentary is really like actually mockumentary. Yeah, you could like do it like professional that. wrestling, right? Yeah. Where you have a bad guy, you have a face, a good guy, and a heel, a bad guy. And you just, man, you could have fun. And you're talking flipping tables, and you're talking ruining other prototypes, and you're talking, you know, calling yeah. other game designers out and talking about how crappy their game is. You know, yeah. just professional wrestling style, I think, would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so, too, <laughs> actually. Like, you're definitely like, are you writing that down? Mockumentary. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that is definitely an idea I want to, like, play around with now. <laughs> I like this. I do, too. <laughs> Documentary about game design. Yeah, so yeah. over the top. Yeah, yeah. like like give like uh, costumes, like capes, and it's like I am the evil game designer. <laughs> I am the good game designer. And that's totally not how it is. Right? I mean, yeah, it's not, game at all. it's not like that at all. But, but like, I, it was just like because like, you have to have the good and the bad, right? Yeah. So that would that would give us the perfect setting for you know apply our narrative. Like, yeah. Know how <laughs> you could even you could even style it like The Office, you know, where it's yeah. like that kind of awkward humor, but it's like it's like a reality show, but it's not really, you know, you could yeah. do it like that, and you could have a yeah. Dwight bad guy character, you know. Exactly. Oh man, that'd be a lot That's, of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's something that to think be, about. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. But anything hey. other than that, like anything well, else you guys are working on? Uh, we do have a couple of ideas kicking around, like a couple different narratives um, that we would like to film after this is done, but we're still like kind of working on the scripts for that. One of them is kind of more of like a, I guess like a sci-fi drama. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, like as filmmakers, like, you know, we don't have a lot of money <laughs> to, like, to make films. As independent filmmakers. As independent yeah. filmmakers, you know, um, we're, we're not just swimming in cash. And um, so whenever you make your first feature film, you you need to make it in a way that's like obtainable. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're not going to want car crashes. You're not going to want explosions. You're not going to want a cast of like 50 or 60 people like in your film. Like you're going to want literally a like 80 minute stage play, you know, character driven, like dialogue heavy story. Um, in one location. In one location. <laughs> right. right. Just because it's like, I mean, you 
and with anything, right? Like yeah. you have to make a name for yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I, we never worked on on films before. It's just like this is us like getting it out of our own pockets. Yeah. Right. Right. And so um, we were both playing with, with this idea of, um, I guess, like a couple. And, you know, they recently move in together and then they start receiving tapes and the tapes are of them like in the future. And so then it's um, it kind of brings up that question of like, well, if you know how you're going to end, like, do you stay together? Yeah. Like, no. And so anyway, like, hopefully it'll be a little funny just because I like adding comedy to like everything that I do. Um, I feel like comedy is a great way to... I guess address topics that like people wouldn't normally talk about. So like I recently wrote a screenplay about I guess depression and suicide, but it's a dark comedy <laughs> about suicide. Yeah, like every time I pitch this, like it's kind of the same reaction, like yeah. okay. Uh, but the people who read it were like, yeah. I mean, they're just being nice to my face, but you know, they're like, oh yeah, that was really good. Um, but I, I think using comedy as a way to like talk about topics. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, is yeah, yeah is is wonderful. And uh, oh, that was the thing I wanted to mention earlier was like. Uh, Tommy and Corey's game in human conditions mm. there they had a, a a player playing their game and she was able to talk about things that she hadn't been able to talk about before wow. and that's just like with their game and like their gameplay and like what their game is about where you know you're uh, one person can be a human one person can be a robot or you could be like sympathizers but what you're doing is like you're, you're basically asking each other questions mm -hmm. and you're trying to decide you're interrogating each other and you're trying to decide if the other person is like a human or not and um there's this one girl who was playing the game and she, during this sort of like interrogation phase she was able to talk about subjects that she hadn't been able to talk about before. And I thought that was really interesting that games actually kind of create this like safe space, safe space yeah, for sure. to, to talk about things that like you've never been able to talk about before or to yeah. be somebody that you were never able to like, mm, you know, yeah, try to be, you walk in into this little realm and the rules outside don't apply. It's, right. It's yeah. just, yeah. And so I thought that, really unique about uh -huh. and it is different the, the difference between i feel like the difference between board games and films the films you're just a passive receptor whereas on yeah. gay on games you're making the the story as you go so i feel like that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> just very well said <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think, and i think it's a great point and it's unfortunate right now we live in a time where the phrase safe space has been politicized and it's been turned into something that's really not and it's been made this derogatory insult which is really frustrating because safe spaces are important you know uh, I, I spend a lot of time during the summer and i play games with the homeless folks in downtown atlanta and we play a ton of like jenga and chess and battleship just like mass market games but it really is this like safe place where Hey, they're in this place. We're eating lunch or something like that, and we're playing Jenga. And all of a sudden, whatever that guy at that table is dealing with on a daily basis, and it might be heroin addiction, it might be something crazy that you know that, that I have obviously never even come across. Like I've never even dealt with anything that he's dealing with today. But yet we can sit at the same table, share a meal, play some Jenga, and have some fun, and, and we can just be people and just enjoy that time together. And I think that's something that's so valuable in games. And then not only that, but like you're talking about. You know, there's a lot left to be explored with games that offer these opportunities to open up 
and to get to know each other on a deeper level. And party games are tons of fun and let's laugh and all that, but there's something to be said about getting to know the people in your, your circle, the people you're friends with on a level that's deeper, that you're, you're actually getting to know the real them, so to speak. And I think there's a lot left to be explored in that realm, that you can have a game that's fun but also offers these really cool opportunities. And so, yeah, I think games are very, very important uh, and for a lot of different reasons, but I think this is, this is one of them for sure. Absolutely. So where can people find you? What's your, what's your web URL? You know, are you on Twitter? That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, gin is the website. Is that a N D or is it like the ampersand? A N D and tonic films. Yes. And just like the drink. Just like yeah. the drink. Just like <laughs> the drink. Uh, we have a Facebook page. It's, but it's gin tonic films. Okay. Yeah. And, but there's also a getting on board Facebook page. So Facebook.com forward slash getting on board. Okay. Right. Cool. You should be there too. Yeah. And, and I, we I, have the Twitter and stuff. Do you need that too? Yeah, we do have a Twitter. Whatever you guys use. I'm going to put links to all this on the website. But just in case somebody's listening to this and wants to come later, uh, right. yeah, anything. Yeah. Also, yeah, Twitter is also Gin Tonic Films. Okay, cool. Gin Tonic Films. Yeah, there's no end there. So Gin Tonic Films. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Really cool. Well, guys, really appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on and just having some fun talking about the project. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to see the first episode. Uh, and we're about to head over into a bonus round. We're going to get the Gin and Tonic Films crew their thoughts on how to make a really good video. You know, if you're thinking about board games, it, we live in an age where you got to make good videos. If you're doing Kickstarter, if you're doing playthrough videos, rules videos, even pitch videos, you're probably going to have to do some kind of video work if you want to get your game out there. And so I want to hear their thoughts as professionals, as people that do this and, and make some really cool stories. How, like, what are some of the nuances, what are the, some of the things that we can do as game designers that don't break the bank but still make some really good videos? So we're going to do that over in the bonus round. But guys, Jen, Alex, again, thank you for your time and good luck with everything you got going on right now. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Thanks for listening. Find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at BoardGameDesignLab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?